Hey everybody, how's it going? Uh, guys, my name is Miles Whitboyer, and uh, this is the Photographic Collective Podcast. And I am so grateful um, that you uh, that you stumbled into this episode uh, in, in this season right now. It's really important to me uh, that you're here. And this is going to be a really special episode. Actually, if you've listened to any of the episodes in the past, um, you probably can already hear that I am I'm trying to approach this one like, I don't know. Maybe already with a little bit more intentionality than I than I have. Uh, the reason for that is because I'm sitting today with a with a really close friend of mine, somebody that has completely informed the way that I work, but also is just a big part of my life. and uh, And I'm really excited to to dig into her process and her story to be able to kind of share with all of you guys uh, what makes uh, what makes it so special when you can connect your heart to your art. Um, that rhymed, by the way, Allison. <laughs> did you catch that? I totally did. Um, okay, so uh, first things first, guys. I always say this at the beginning of every episode. Um, the purpose of this podcast is really simple. There's sort of three things we want to get across. First, we want to empower you to just make more intentional choices uh, with your business, with your art, with your relationships. Um, second, we want to engage those choices in your clients and up-level your client experience and teach you and train you and expose you to people that are serving and loving and doing it in a really successful way. And then finally, we want to uh, we want to bring you in to a community of people that are purpose-driven and positive, that are focused on, uh, on creating a little corner of the industry that actually has um, some really, really beautiful value to it. And so that leads me perfectly into a segue where I get to introduce, um, I already hinted at it, but one of my close friends in this industry, Allison Conklin, is, uh, is with us today. And um, she's sitting at her adorable little home with the cutest, if you're not on YouTube, you, you should click over with the cutest wallpaper I've ever seen mm -hmm. behind her. Um, hey, you. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so good to see you, Miles. It is. Honestly, it's, this is kind of refreshing. I feel like we should probably do this more often than just when I'm recording it. <laughs> that sounded way creepier than... <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, we digress. Uh, we off the rails when it's only two minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this episode is horrible. Um, hey, okay. So I, I want to dig into a, a whole lot with you. And I've got like a whole list of kind of angles that I want to come at, um, which shouldn't intimidate because I already kind of gave you the backstory. But um, but do us a favor first. If If for some reason people that are listening don't know who you are and where you are and what you shoot, can you can you just give us like a high level on that? Sure. So my name is Allison Conklin. I am outside of the Philadelphia area. Um, I have been photographing weddings for 23 years, <laughs> which is madness, um, but it's true. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so uh, special. It really is. It may make you feel like you've been around for a while, but it's that's really special. It, you know what's crazy is one of the very first weddings I ever shot, um, the bride just reached out to me. So we're talking like she's been married for over two decades because her daughter is getting married and she wants me to shoot it. <laughs> That's special. That is, that is so what a cool story. Like what a legacy that you that you have in their lives though. Like that's really powerful. Thanks. Yeah, no, I, I feel really honored to be part of it. Um be part of anyone's life like this. Um I bet your pricing has changed a little bit. I'm just <laughs> sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe just a little. I mean, I think I was shooting film. I was shooting because that's how old I am. I was shooting film on like a, my Canon, whatever. I don't even remember anymore. But that's what I was doing. And I was developing it in my dark room, you know, 
So because cool. I didn't so, even think about messing it up. Yeah, those of you guys that are listening right now, uh, Allison predates hipsters. <laughs> She's that old. It's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah. So you you've you've been doing this for for uh, let's call it twenty years. Let's just round down for for fun. Um, and you've seen this industry shift and change a lot over the course of the last two decades. What what on earth? Twenty years ago, before it was popular to be a wedding photographer, right before you could throw a rock and hit six wedding photographers and four labradoodles, mm-hmm. <laughs> what what got you into this? So I fell in love with photography. My parents were hobbyist photographers, um, meaning they were both chemists. But um, as chemists do, they would make, they would bring home the chemicals and they would develop all of their films. So this is back in the day of, you know, film and all of those things. They had slides too. They obviously didn't develop that. But they would develop all their black and white um, pictures in the bathrooms of their tiny little apartments as like college students and then, you know, young newlyweds. Um, and so I kind of grew up with, I'm an only child. So I grew up with a camera in my face just all the time because, um, that's just what you do as a parent who likes pictures. Um, but when it all came to, when I all started to actually notice it was when my mom died. Um, she died suddenly one day uh, when I was 14 and this is obviously before social media, before, you know, walls of, you know, memories of pictures that you would put online. And so my dad handed me a box of like, like an old tattered box filled with contact sheets and like prints that they had made and negatives and all of the things. And was like, can you make a wall for your mom's memorial service? And I am Sicilian. My mom is a hundred percent Sicilian. So all of the loud Italian family was at my house. And so I found this little like corner um, that was quiet. And like just started digging through. And so what I fell in love with, because this is the 90s. So like there was a lot of Olin Mills, a lot of Sears portrait, right? Like that was definitely like a thing. Um, But what I fell in love with were all of these like outtakes, right? Outtakes, considered outtakes from uh, my mom laughing and her eyes closed or like, you know, like mid sentence or, you know, or picture she has no idea is being taken. Um, Because it really gave me a sense of who she was because at 14, you know, we were talking about this before we started about kids being teenagers and sort of like winter is coming if you have teenagers or you're going to be on the brink of raising a teenager that you know what I'm talking about. But, um, and so there was just this like magic where I was in the, sitting on the floor in this like little corner, just like looking at all these photos and being like, I totally understand what I have. Right. Cause like we kind of go through our lives where we just, take everything for granted, right? Like you just don't even think about, especially at 14, but you just don't think about something changing in your life that can't be changed back, right? Like if you think about something as silly and arbitrary as like your dishwasher breaking, and then like suddenly you have to clean all those dishes. And like, it's such a pain because you like love, you didn't realize how much you loved your dishwasher, right? Like this is like a terrible thing, but just think about that, right? It's, or, you know, think about your hand, like think about losing anything that you just don't, you just consider is going to always be there. Right. And so at 14, I realized, okay, yeah, that's not the case. And, but suddenly I have this like beaten up cardboard box full of all of the memories that can give me some sort of insight to my mom, um, some sort of insight to how my parents were together. 
Um, and, and I always say in how she saw me, right. Cause like there were so many photos of me that she had taken. So I kind of just fell in love with photography. I was also super annoying. My dad was suddenly a, uh, single father of a teenage daughter with probably no idea. My dad's like really intelligent, has a doctorate in chemistry. Um, I always say like really, really smart, but like social skill is maybe a little off. <laughs> like a crazy scientist type was my dad. So suddenly this man has a 14 year old um, and I couldn't let the photography thing go. And I just kept talking about it. And he finally was like, I'll build you a darkroom. So it was funny because like we would spend days in the dark room. I had a, like a little like boom box I would put the radio on or like whatever little mixtape I had made. And we, he would teach me how to develop film, how to make prints, you know, using, and we would just go through it. And it was almost like in the beginning we were using negatives that my parents had taken. So like watching my mom's like beautiful, almond shaped eyes come up and like the chemicals was like really, really healing. And so I had this father who couldn't really speak about emotion or talk about the loss that was happening or like how we were feeling. We were able to connect on this level, if that makes sense. Like he, he could never sit me down and say, Allison, how are you feeling? Like, I'm really sorry. I lost my wife. You lost your mom. Let's like talk about it. That was like off the table and not going to happen, but we could connect on this level. And I think that really worked to be quite powerful um, for the healing process of grief, you know, not that grief ever goes away, but just for like that, those immediate like first couple of years. So that's how it kind of started. And then I I had my camera everywhere. So I would take it because I could just like, I was my best one hour photo. I could just like shoot a roll of film, run down in my basement um, and develop it. So I was shooting in yearbook and all that stuff and doing like my senior portraits for my friends. Um, and then when I was 18, someone asked me to shoot their wedding. And then that's how this started 23 years ago. Gosh, that's uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, guys, I, uh, it, it takes a lot to get me at a loss for words. And I've heard this story about a dozen times. Um, I should probably back up far enough to say, um, sort of the way, I guess, maybe the reason that Allison and I uh, connected the very first time was me hearing that story. Um, Fujifilm did a, uh, a, this really special film video um, about, about that story and about what that process has meant to you. But I've always wanted to know, I've always wanted to know more. Like I've always wanted to kind of dive deeper because that, that moment for you where you were able to suddenly use an image to process grief and and to really connect with your dad in a, in a special way and probably support him and process help him process his grief um it has it's informed your work in a in a really remarkable way so so being this sort of like emotionally forward how does that spill over into your into your wedding work I mean, I think that's what I'm going for. Like if, if an image isn't going to, I mean, as you said before, like I've been doing this for two decades. So suddenly I've seen all of the trends. Uh, I'll remember when we used to like 
cross process everything. And there was like blue and all the, you know what I mean? Like so I've seen, I've gone through all the iterations of like what's been popular. Um, and there's definitely some very embarrassing work that I've done over the course of 23 years, but the majority of everything has always been, does that image make me feel something? Will that image make them feel something or remind them of a moment? Um, and if it doesn't, then it's worthless really. Because like, you know, it's, I've been watching and usually what happens is the posts of the beautiful portraits that you take on a wedding day is what everyone thing goes first. Like everybody loves those photos and that's what gets shared first. And then suddenly as time changes and as things um, become different, it always becomes about the people who were there or the moment you can remember laughing with your grandma or, you know, getting ready with your dad. We just did this charity shoot here and, um, a lot of my old clients came to it and one of them had lost his dad um, pretty soon after the wedding. And he like came over and thanked myself and Jeff for taking all these beautiful pictures of like just the two of them together hanging out. And, you know, you're just like, that's why I do it. I don't, I've never like wanted anything else from it except to give people that same gift I had as a 14 year old sitting in the corner and being like, I don't know how I would have gotten through any of this if I didn't have these pictures of my mom, right? Because like we're talking, I'm 41 now. So it's been a really long time since I've seen her face. And if I didn't have the pictures, right? Yeah. No, getting emotional. But like, it's really important. And like, it's just funny because like, again, with that charity shoot, so many parents came and they were like, just the kids, take just a picture of the kids. And I was like, not going to happen. I'll take that picture for you, but you're going to jump in. I don't care that you're not dressed or that you're wearing your jacket. No one ever has to see that picture, but someday somebody will, and it'll mean something. Right. Yep. Like, that's so, it. so one of the things I think is most powerful here is that I've gotten to see you, you know, I know that as your origin story, right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then it informed two decades worth of shooting and, and your photography is to say that it's evocative is, uh, is a, it, it's just a gross understatement. I mean, the, the way that you shoot, and we'll get there, but the process through which you shoot is so, um, it's so overtly dedicated to that as a mindset. It's, um, it's remarkable. And I think we're going to blow some people's minds when we, when we dig into that. But, um, I, I really do, Alison. Like you, you shake your head, but I, I'm serious when I say that you've, your level of commitment to the emotion, even at the, expense and you guys this is what i'm talking about the expense of the quality of the image is is it's absolutely remarkable um but you've you've gone then through this other uh call it a chapter or maybe iteration of all of this now has evolved again in the last two years right because now you've you've had to see now you know you you're getting to see your dad get older right mm -hmm. and so you you bonded with him initially throughout this whole thing, but now you've you, you I, I hope I hope it's okay that we dig into this, but that you've you've moved him out of his house and all of the photos and all of the work that had to go into to that process. And you've sent a son off to college. Um and so, you know, though he has his mom, he he's trying to figure out what you had to figure out, right? Like what the world looks like without mom next next door. So I guess where I'm going is like in the last year, two years, has your, have you, have you doubled down on this, on this feeling of like shooting for people like this then? Definitely. I mean, like 
so you mentioned my dad. I mean, so he, the, the confines of COVID had really hidden his dementia. Um, and we sort of, you know, it was all brought to light in the beginning of this year. And they became like very aware that he could not live on his own. So we suddenly had to, you know, go through all those things and get him somewhere safe, um, get him in a senior living facility, all that stuff. And then what we did was clean out his house. And honestly, it was like, you know, kind of a nightmare. <laughs> but the only things that we kept were photos, like photos that I thought were lost forever, photos I'd never seen before, right? So like that just like reminded me how important it all is. You know, sometimes it's like, I don't know about you, but like I can get kind of caught up in the idea that like, okay, so this moment's going to happen at the wedding and then this is going to happen, then this big thing and I got to shoot, be ready for this. And you kind of can forget to be present for all those little things that are going to happen in between the the big things, right? Um, does that make sense? Like you're oh, like, yeah. okay, I need to prep for ceremony, but like I'm going to forget about the bride walking with her dad, like to just getting into church or whatever it is, like yeah. all those little things that really tell the story probably more than, you know, the parade down the aisle. Um, but like my, my dad's losing his memories and sometimes doesn't know like who I am when he talks to me. It's tough. It's just a tough thing. And like to have this like kind of, I don't know, I always say slow burn at the end of one's life. Um, but it's been really fun because when I was cleaning out his house, I would start posting all these like hilarious photos that I would find like these really embarrassing like 80s haircuts and like, and he would be like, oh, do you remember when we took this? And like that could bring back his memory. So like, I think photography is just so powerful in that it really does um, kind of remind us of all of those things that we sort of just take for granted. God, it's transformative. It's the, it's the reason why I really, I wanted to have this chat with you now because we've talked now on this podcast with some, some brilliant business people, right? People that have, that have really, they've maximized their sales process. And we've, we've talked with people who have such an artistic um, perspective on how and why they shoot, uh, you know, guys like Jason Vinson, right? Where, He's, he's literally creating his own process. Um, but of everybody that we've spoken to, you are probably the closest to my heart as far as just like your, your why. Um, and I, I feel really similar. I, um, I use photography as, as a way for me to explore. Um, I, I love to watch people. I had a, um, a really, a very happy, but a really complex childhood and, um, and a lot of questions and a really kind of complex relationship with my parents and watching other people with their parents has created a lot of healing for me in that. And, uh, and so hearing you talk about this, I, I, I hope that the people are listening are taking the opportunity to soak up one, how vulnerable you really are with this, but then probably the, the more important element is not just feeling, but then doing. And and the fact is that you've 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 turned this into something really special. Um, okay, so so you you've had all these like wild experiences. Not to mention, by the way, throughout this process, you've become fairly well known in the in the photo industry. Um, you've had some really big wins, like some, some massive successes. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm clearly, I'm chasing your tail on the, on the Fuji film team. And 
I want to know then what is it from your perspective? What is it that has given your photography the actual work, uh, the notoriety that it, that it has gotten? Uh, <laughs> you that's know, a hard so question. That's, yeah, let's like I, uh, you're asking what why, why do people love your photography? <laughs> um, you can yeah. answer this. It's yeah, it's it's a it's a fair question. It really is. It's a it's a hard question to be humble through. But I think everybody, if you've if you've made it 20 minutes and haven't soaked up Allison's <laughs> humility, rewind and start again. Well, thank you, Miles. I I mean, honestly, like. I sometimes get lost in the idea that I don't have a style in terms of like, you know, there's like people out there that will only like that seem to have a style. And then I look at my work and it's so emotion based and it's so like, just like real moment. Like I'm just shooting what's like happening. So I don't, I mean, I just hope that like, I hope that my work just makes you feel something right. That's just basically whether it makes you sad or if it makes you happy or if it makes you remember something beautiful in your own life, like that's what I'm going for. So I would hope that would be the answer. It's really hard for me to answer questions about myself like that. But um I, I would say I think it totally is the answer. I, I know um I'm sure you get asked this question a lot. I get asked this question a whole lot. Like, what comes after Instagram? <laughs> right? And and uh and the younger the person that asks that, the quicker they say TikTok, right? Or something, mm-hmm. something like that. But the the answer is that um that 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 time in our lives is it's, it's on its way out. Um, you know, those of us that have been on Facebook, I think I I had a memory the other day on Facebook that was like 17 years old or something like that. We've, we've been doing social media now for half our lives. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and most of us have gotten to where it's such an ingrained part of who we are that, um, that it's becoming less and less important. And the actual, like the tangible is becoming more valuable to us. And I think, the answer, at least from my perspective, the answer to the question that I asked you is that you've never gotten stuck in the trend of trying to chase uh, clout or likes or follows or or whatever. Your your photography is loved because it's valuable to the people that are in it. Thanks. Um, and that's really special. It makes me want, I, I'm not kidding when I say this, like it, it makes me want to be shot by you. Um, I, I would have loved to have, um, to have my wedding documented in that, in that way. Okay. So, so for all the nerds that are listening though, I, I hinted at this earlier, so I want to jump through this really quick and then keep moving. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but, um, but I hinted at the fact that you have a really interesting process that you, that you shoot. So what can you, can you give us like a, a super quick, like a, an overarching, like what what is that and why have you decided to kind of go that route? Are you talking about the fact that I don't shoot raw? No. I mean, a lot of people don't shoot raw. I do think it's crazy that you shoot a 100 megapixel medium format camera and shoot it in JPEG. But anyway, no. Uh, the fact that you guys okay spoiler i'll just say it like allison if if an image needs to be shot at 10,000 iso she's going it she's just pushing and she does not care um i've seen you do take images now where it's like man i would have moved a light moved a strobe popped backlit all the stuff and i would have missed that moment and you just are so present so how does that work for you so honestly like i take a look and i try to like look at the scene right like take a minute 
really try to know my client throughout the process of the whole booking stuff and just take a second, like, how does she or he want to remember this? What is the emotion that they, what is the feeling that they're trying to evoke just in the process of planning their wedding? Like how are they planned their day? What is it that they want to remember? You know, and you, and you just try to like, then I'm like looking around at the guests, like how are they feeling right now? So sometimes I'll sit in a guest chair and I'll shoot from that perspective. Right. Cause I want them to look back at their photos. I want anyone to look at their photos and feel like, Oh, I can feel like what it felt like to be the couple. I can feel like what it felt like to be the parents, what it felt like to be a guest. Right. So it's just like, those things. And like during toasts, like I'm absolutely not trying to use any off-camera lighting because I don't want to stop a moment. Like if the bride has walked over and is talking to one of her grandparents, I'm not going to be like popping a flash and like possibly breaking up the emotional moment that's happening. Cause it's not about me at all. Right. It's, and I think that if, could you get like a more technically perfect photo if I properly light it? Is that the important thing at the end of the day? No. Is it still a, a beautiful photo that's pretty technically correct, but maybe not like perfect? Yeah. I'm not trying to say that like my stuff is super dark or underexposed. So I'm just saying. No, it's it's I'm, not. That's that's why I asked the question because you you achieve images right. that are that are mm-hmm. absolutely mind boggling boggling to me. But you do it in in dark ballrooms and you do it in, you know, to candlelight. Um and it's it's really special. It takes a, it takes a really creative eye. So, would you say that just because you maybe you you do you spend more time getting to know your clients? Do you do you try to really invest, or is this empathy just sort of like natural for you? It's a little bit of both. Um, I do try to invest. It doesn't always happen. Some people aren't into that. Like, I'm not going to push anyone to be uncomfortable in any sort of situation. Um, but I so. I have a hearing loss. I've had a hearing loss since I was a kid. Um, So I have, and like never wanted a hearing aid because back in like the eighties, hearing aids were big and kids, I tried it for like a week and kids made fun of me and I cried and I broke them and my poor parents had to pay for broken hearing aids. But um, so because of, I wouldn't wear them. I've really gone off of like social cues. So sometimes you'll be in a conversation with me and I won't actually know what you're saying, but I'll laugh because you're laughing or I'll smile or like whatever, you know, like, because I'm so good at watching and trying to figure out what's happening. Cause I have uh, 40% of my hearing left. So, so much of my world is very quiet and it's based on tiny, tiny body movements of people and facial things. Um, and I think that has served me in a way that has <clears throat> helped me kind of be a good people watcher, which is basically what our job is. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, I just think that like in 20 years when they're explaining these pictures, these, you know, to their kids or to whoever, like, it's not going to be, Oh my word, they totally blew our mind with this amazing elaborate light setup or this crazy, like out of focus front that it was just like, no, let it just be a beautiful moment of love between generations that maybe aren't still here. Right. Like a picture that would show, um, like I had a, just a couple of weeks ago who emailed and said, you took the last photo of my grandparents together. He died right before Thanksgiving. And you're just like, yeah, like that's more important and beautiful than a perfectly choreographed dance of, the, of like a, you know, an image that I like had to work really hard for. Like, let's just be quiet and watch. And like, there's really beautiful moments. They're going to kind of just 
obviously happen and unfold. And so I just think that's the baseline. And I feel like if I go through a wedding day and I haven't felt anything or I haven't been touched by something or like it hasn't um, held a place in my heart that I haven't done my job right. Like when I talked, I talked to um, somebody the other day on a phone about possibly hiring me and I was trying to explain photography and kind of going through that whole thing about how important it is because it's not just right now. It's not just for the 200 likes you're going to get on Instagram. It's, you know, it's going to be for these stories that you're going to tell them to your family, to your friends. Right. Because like, unfortunately, like life does not stay the same. Right. Things are going to change. Things that you think are a given and will always be there are not always going to be there. And so if you have a room full of people that you love, like, let's just focus on that. Um, and then she said back to me and I, it's funny, I wrote a piece for Fuji love about it. Like, Oh, so you're saying photography is so much bigger than me. It's like, yes. And so I have kind of carried her little words in my heart. Cause it's like, that's such a good way to put it because it's so much bigger than the, the couple on that day. Yes. We want to get awesome photos of the two of you. Yes. We want to make sure that you guys look like you could be in a magazine. Yes, of course. But I guarantee you that's not going to be what you are going to be sharing, posting, telling stories about years down the road. Whoa. Okay. I, I, something, something just sort of strikes me as we're chatting and I, I committed to this, to you, this before we started recording, I said, I wanted this to feel more like a, uh, just a conversation between friends, not an interview. Um, it blows my mind to sit back now and kind of think through people that I've interviewed or friends of mine or just, you know, people in this industry I that I'm connected with that have found a way to um, to make their their camera the the tool, right? It's it's like an on ramp for them for for building relationships or connections or um, sometimes just making money or sometimes it's solving problems or you know, whatever it is. I don't know if I've ever talked to somebody before, and I'm serious when I say this, I don't know if I've ever talked to somebody before that is so wholeheartedly convinced that like this is your purpose. Hmm. Um, and it, it shines, like it shows so well in the way that you add value to your work without, um, without talking about the, the cost. Um, that's that's really special. So, if I could sum up everything, I think so far, and I want to I want to hear you speak to this because I there's going to be a number of photographers that are going to listen to this, and I hope that they hear me. But I think Allison would probably just say like you you're enough, like without without the gimmicks, um, you know nothing against the the ring of light or or front bokeh or whatever like nothing against that stuff, but the the camera in your hand and you present as an artist like that's enough mm -hmm. and if you get caught comparing yourself to other photographers that feel like they have something else figured out or they're more stylistic or they're more creative maybe you lose sight of the value of of why it's important that you're there in the first place would you would, would you agree with that yeah no i think you said that perfectly i mean I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm only trying to record the beautiful moments that are happening, right? Like, because that's enough. 
because at the end of the day, it's just like one of those things, you know, like when you all think about being on your deathbed, right? Like, are you really going to care about that overcomplicated photograph you've taken? No, no, I don't think you will. I think you're going to be like, can a legacy be just like, she photographed something so beautiful that like a moment that is not ever going to happen again. And now it is now it's going to live in my mind or going to live on someone's wall and, or they'll be reminded, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, can that just be enough? And I don't understand why it can't be. And I know that like social media has changed things for photography and wedding photography and all of that stuff. And it's, it's a beautiful tool because we can get inspired and we can, you know, see things and that we would be connected from all over the world. But uh, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think all you're really going to want are photos that like look like you, that somebody who really saw you, right? And your complications and your beautiful and your, you know, flaws that you felt like you had at that moment. Like, let's just celebrate that because I'm telling you two years down the road, it's going to be different. Maybe it'd be different for more beautiful reasons. Maybe it won't. Like, you don't know. And that's the part. Like, man, I can look back in a photo. I can look back at photos of myself and be like, I can just tell, I can see all the sadness in my face or I can, oh my gosh, I remember like what I was going through, right? Like these are just like the real parts of life that I think is, can be so lacking in the idea of social media where everything needs to be perfect or, you know, cause like life is just way more beautiful than all of that. Um, and so that's what I like to, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I like to do. And uh, I like to find my people who appreciate that. Um, yeah. How powerful has it got to feel? Um, and I, I feel like I, I share these clients with you, but maybe not quite as extreme, but how powerful, how beautiful has it got to feel to be hired in and then just somebody say like, Hey, just, just capture our feelings. Like, right. you know, um, because I know you do the rest. I mean, of course, I know that you shoot the editorial stuff. I know that you shoot the flat lays and the beautiful tablescapes and all of this stuff. But like, mm-hmm. it's just so powerful. I, I, had a, I had a conversation with my son, with my oldest son, um, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, you guys have heard me, um, listeners, you haven't, but Allison and, and sort of our, our friend group, you guys have heard me sort of say these types of things before. But my oldest son is sort of this wise... Um, well, honestly, he's a smart ass, but he also is just sort of this like wise kid, like this sort of like old for his old for his age kid. And he asked me a few weeks ago if I was famous. Um, so one of his teachers or somebody had told him that I, you know, like I was well known. And it's so funny how when when we're put in a situation where we're off guard and we respond from the heart, kind of authentically respond, how sincere the answer is Uh, because I spend most of my life, right? Yes. Like posting and sharing and blogging and all of this stuff. But when my own kid, my own little boy looks at me and says like, are you, are you famous dad? And, and I'm able to respond and say, no, gosh, no, absolutely not. Uh, I don't even aspire to be, I just serve people. And there's not very many people out there anymore that do that and like do that with joy and I get to make a lot of people happy and that's not a bad thing to be known for. Right. Um, so I, I guess the, the purpose, like the reason I wanted to have you on here was to speak to those people, like the people that feel as though they're, 
they're 40 hours deep in their YouTube education trying to figure out new OCF concepts or, you know, they're frustrated because they can't afford the new camera or the new lens or, or whatever. And then here you are. Yes, don't get me wrong. You're shooting the most remarkably composed and artistic photos, but you're, you're doing it for a different purpose than for perfect. And that's really special. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. So let's lighten it. Let's soften it for a hot freaking minute before I cry. Um, I'm not going there. My parents listen to every single episode. Um, <laughs> I I do want to talk a little bit about um, how then you 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 got kind of recognized in the photo community. Um, you know, not not by your clients and not by magazines and uh, and all of the stuff for your work. Um, but you jumped in headfirst into the 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 Fujifilm kind of community. Um, what is, what is the gear that you're shooting? Like, and, and why the heck did you pick out of nowhere? Why did you pick that? I, I really, I'm guys, this isn't, this episode is not sponsored by Fujifilm. I'm just, I, I think it's special to hear about it. So, so tell me about it. Yeah. No, I mean, so my whole career, because the camera that my dad handed me was a Canon. So I had just, you know, you start into a, a system and it's just sort of expensive to change and you just sort of keep building and keep going. So, um, I just shot Canon my whole life. And then I was getting really tired of picking it up. Like it was just super heavy and like all of these things. And I had had a medium format when I was shooting film and had then sold it, but like I had it and I loved it. And I always was like, Oh man, I really want a medium format digital. And then I started to hear about the uh, Fujifilm GFX 50 S that was coming out. Um, so I was like, you know, and their Fujifilm is so good at putting stuff out prior to things being sold. So I was like watching all the videos and I was reading all the things. Um, I was like, I'm going to go for it. So I like purchased that camera and two of the lenses at the time, which were the uh, 63 and the 120. And I got it right before I left for a wedding for, in New Orleans. And I was like, oh, I'm going to just use it. Right. Like I'm going to do all the things that you should never do, which is use new gear. Yeah, that's bad advice. <laughs> yeah, very bad advice. Don't listen to anything I say. Um, but that's what I did. And it was funny because like, obviously a Fujifilm camera is set up differently than a Canon camera, but it just felt so easy to use. Like it just was like set up perfectly for me. And I loved it. I, and I had like one, I had like my still had my Canon camera on me and I used the, the GFX for the other, my other shoulder. And, um, I was picking that up more than I was doing anything else. Um, and it was a complicated day. It was like in this like dark venue and then we were running around at night they did the parade down the street in new orleans i forget what they call that they had the band it was very fun um and when i brought the images home and i looked at them and like a lot of the times i would like shoot something with the 63 on the fujifilm and then shoot it with the 50 on my canon and i would compare and i loved the colors i loved the look of the gfx and so i was just in and it was kind of a huge deal for me to i consider myself a very loyal person so to switch teams not that it was ever like, you know, but to switch brands was like a big deal for me. Um, so I wrote them an email. I like, my husband was like, you should just tell them how much you love it. Cause he also knows how loyal I am. So he was like, here, here's an email. Just send them a, like a little love note. And I didn't want anything from it. I was just like, guys, I bought your camera. I love it. Thank you so much for making one for me. It's perfect. And that sort of started a relationship there, um, which has been one of the most, amazing and wonderful things in my life because I feel like as 
if you're a wedding photographer, uh, like a solo, like I work with my husband, but like, if you know, you don't have a crowd of other photographers that work under you, we're very independent people that I'll be working later with my laptop watching Gilmore girls and like just by myself editing. Right. Like, so to be able to have a collective and to have met you to have met, you know, Paul and like all of those people, Derek, like, it's just so great to be able to have a connection with, um, artists that I would never have met otherwise. So did I answer your question? Yeah, it did. And it, but it, 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 it sort of spurred exactly what I wanted to then point out. Um, I, I, anybody that hasn't shot that camera before, uh, I'm just going to give you the high level on it. The 50, the original GFX 50 S is, um, probably a quarter of the speed, um, the shooting speed, the actual like process uh, it probably slows you down to 25% um, of what Allison was used to out of, I don't even know what Canon it was. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it was still when you had the, like the one. The one the X2. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, it probably, it, so maybe even less than that, if I'm honest, but, but mm-hmm. let's, let's call it 25%. The, the, the reason I ask that is because um, I don't know if you, I, I don't know if you do this or not. I know a lot of people do now. I, I, every year I kind of have a word. Do you do that? January 1st, I always kind of pick a word. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I've, I've been doing that for years and it's funny to go back in my life now, um, and be like, oh yeah, 2018 was like, my word was health. And that was when I started running and I started like kind of getting healthy, like, oh, cool. Okay. I love that. And then like, um, uh, sorry, that was 2019. And then 2020, my year was purpose. And I like sp- spent the whole year trying to re-envision like what the heck am I doing as a dad, as a husband, as a friend, as a professional. But then this whole year for me has been about intentionality, um, about like diving in this podcast being a, a, an expression of that. Um, but one of the things I'm most attracted to your photography about, and really just you as a person is that you chose to pick up this camera that forced you to slow down where the most of the industry right now is about bigger, faster, stronger. Um, you, you've heard about that. What's that, that new camera that just came out that's like 120 frames per second or something? Come on. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, sorry. I, that's, that's, I shouldn't be that opinionated, but I am. Um, but you, you chose. You like picked up a camera that forced you to slow down. And, uh, and I, I think there's something really valuable there. I think that's what the industry probably needs more of is somebody saying like, Hey, stop speeding up. Like just be more present. Make sure that when you press the button, it actually matters that you press the button instead of press the button and hold it down for five seconds and just assume that somewhere in there is the frame. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, so you, you, you switched over to the full GFX set. And the reason that's, that's pivotal for me is because I had switched to the GFX uh, system um, basically right after we met, right? I had just, I just got the 50 R like right after we met. Um, and so now you are shooting, what are you, what are you shooting now? So I had the GFX, um, 100 S and the XT4 is usually like what's on my shoulders. I I was doing three cameras at a time. And then I was like, what am I like? Why am I doing that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was doing the same thing. Yeah. But I think it was you, you, cause I think you posted a picture of yourself working and I was like, wait, you have one camera. And you're like, yeah, sometimes it's good to slow down. And I was like, yes, Allison, sometimes it's good to slow down. Yes. So it was like a good, 
<laughs> you know, so, um, and it's, I pretty much have that 80 on my GFX 95% of the time. Uh, see, I love that. And, and and it shows in your work. It's really funny because I still shoot, I shoot the 63 almost all the time. Yeah. Um, it's just that that camera has just changed everything for me. Okay. Well, so I, I know this wasn't supposed to be like super gear heavy and, and nerdy, but the reason I brought it up is because I think it it's so valuable to point out that somebody that is as intentional as you are, as present as you are, um, not only are you not following trend with the way your photography looks or the way your photography business is run, you're also not following suit with the gear that you, that you shoot. Everything has intention. Um, so, okay. Then wrap us up a little bit. Like we're 45 minutes into this. Um, I've had tears in my eyes twice as, as have you, if you could like sit down and, and this is the type of thing I could actually see you doing. If you could sit down one-on-one -on -one with any or every photographer that's, you know, two years into their career, they've decided that they want to take photos, but they don't know why or what they're doing or where it's going. Um, what would be your, your very first piece of advice? I mean, I think, I mean, I've been doing this obviously for two decades. Like the, I think the most important thing is like figuring out the why, because if it is because you want to be popular on Instagram or you want to make cute little videos on TikTok, that's not going to last forever. There's going to be something else. Who knows when, like <clears throat> that's not going to hold. If it's because you find it important to document your day and you know, there's a reason, like you have a reason, like, I think that's the most important. Like if I was in this because I wanted to make money or that I wanted to simply, you know, be Insta famous, like I wouldn't have still be, I wouldn't still be doing this. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Just because that's not I I don't think that's a good longevity. That's, that's not like a plan that's going to last. Um, so it's, I think it's truly figuring out your why. Is it because you grew up in a place where you moved around a lot and like you wanted to have something that grounded you? Okay. Then that could be your reason why. Is it, you know, because you lost someone? Is it because you've had health crisis and you like to photograph things because you want to be able to tell stories? Then that can be your why. I just think there's, a has to be a bigger reason. And I think that was with anything in our lives. If it's just like, if it's such a superficial kind of like, this is why I'm into it. I don't think that that's really, I, I can't imagine doing anything else with my life um, because this means so much to me. And sometimes I fear that like, it's like one of those things where I fear that like people won't get it when I send their gallery, like, Oh, like what if they don't like get it quite yet? You know, but then like it circles a couple years down the road. I usually get emails like, man, thanks so much because all of these things have changed in my life. And I can't tell you what it means to me that I have this picture. Right. Does that make any sense? I feel like I just kind of like jumbled out words. <laughs> no, I, I think it actually perfectly makes sense. I, I, I think essentially what you're saying is that um, like it's, it's okay. Not only is it okay, it's great. It's powerful to decide that you want to be an artist for the art. Right. Like that you want to give for the giving. Um. And, and I think there's an entire generation right now in our industry uh, and in an absolutely, probably the dominant generation in our industry that are fast tracking to success 
and not realizing that, you know, there isn't a 401k to this business. There isn't a, you don't, you don't get to, you know, make your millions and check out in two years. It doesn't matter who you are like that. It just doesn't work that way. That longevity and volume is the only way that you survive. And if you don't know why you're doing it in the first place, are you going to be able to keep enough focus, which is an ironic way to put it, but, a, but enough focus on the value of who you are and what your time is worth to where you get to survive. Right. Um, I don't know. That's a, to me, that's a really cool thing. I, it's funny. I think I have spoken with nearly every, um, close friend, which you're absolutely in, in that, that group. But I think I've, I've spoken to every close friend, um, about the business stuff and the financial stuff and how do you market and where does client, what's your workflow? What's your funnel look like? I think you're probably the only person that I've never asked. And the reason for that is because I, gosh, it doesn't, you, you ground me. It doesn't matter. You've been doing this for 20 years and you're, and you're killing it. You're absolutely <laughs> killing it. And yet, um, you, you know, you're probably more focused on your purpose now than maybe ever. Um, okay. So what, what comes next for you? I mean, I, how does a person that has, has invested, you know, half their life in this, in this industry and is more passionate about it now than they've ever been. Um, how do you project the next 10 years of your life? That's a great question. That's a really good question. And I'm still, I still ask myself that because I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't know if you've ever had periods of your life where you're like, I'm not sure what the next space is, but I mean, it's, it's still doing this. Like I love that. I can't imagine a life not shooting weddings. Um, I also love writing. So I've been writing a lot. Um, yeah. And that's the only answer I have. And like, sometimes that's okay. Like sometimes it's okay to like, to know it for my own self. Like I'm sort of juggling my dad. I'm juggling my son. I'm juggling having a, another, a senior in high school. Like I don't need to know my life for the next 10 years. I just need to be present in sort of the chaos that's happening around me at this moment. Like, let me love up my kids because they're suddenly adults and let me figure out my dad because it's the end of his life. And let's just, worry about that because like, you know, I, I get super caught up and like, Oh, what should I be like? What is it? I'm like, that's going to happen. How, whatever's going to happen. I cannot control that. So what I do know is that I've got some major players in my life that just need some extra attention and love. So that's what I'm doing, but my uh, future will never not include a camera. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of finish this off by, by telling this story. Um, you know, last uh, last March, April, um, the pandemic hit and, uh, like really hit, right. I think, I don't think any of us will ever forget those first few weeks of it being like, okay, well, it's not, it's not looming. It's, it's here. Um, and even though you and I are, you know, 2000 miles apart, it didn't matter. It was, it sunk in the same week for everybody. And my mind because of any level of insecurity, but also just the way that I sort of distract myself from anxiety, my mind immediately went to like, okay, uh, weddings are being canceled right and left. Shoots are being rescheduled, um, but it's not like bills aren't going to be due. So how am I going to pivot? That's the word of the year everybody wanted, right? But how am I going to pivot and roll and change? 
um, you know, every time there is a, an uncertainty in the world like this, um, it, it's a brand new evolution of leadership, like new people rise to the top and how do I become that? And I, I found myself filling myself up with any number of ways that I could avoid the actual fear that was inside my head as to like my wife, my kids, my home, my town, my country, my friends. Um, and I remember having a conversation with you and it, it's funny. I, I wonder if you remember this, but we were on a call with the entire Fujifilm team, the whole, the whole team. It was all of us. Right. And, um, I was kind of the new guy. And so everybody was always unmuting me and like razzing on me and, <laughs> and something got said about all the things that were going on. I was trying to impress everybody with how many ways that I had decided I was going to beat this pandemic and then it clicked over to you and you kind of sat back in your chair with this sort of wise smile that you sort of always have when you look at me. Um, and you said, just be kind to yourself. And Allison, that hit me in the face. Oh my gosh. Because, you know, the one thing that, that I'm bad at, um, but I, I think that's universal these days. I think the one thing that artists are bad at Listeners, I would go as bold as to say, I think one of the things that you are bad at is just giving yourself any kind of grace and, uh, and having somebody that I appreciate and love and, and just look up to as much as you, Allison, look at me and say like, Hey, just slow your roll. Be kind to yourself for a hot minute. Let it sink in that all the nerves and all the anxiety and all the problems are real, but they're temporary. And then when you're ready to get back to work, get back to work. And, and I did, and it was, uh, it was, it was a really important moment in my life and it changed actually, I think the way that you and I communicate a lot as well. Um, so all that said, I'm just really grateful for your time on here. I'm, I'm grateful for the way that you've influenced our community, our network, our, our group of friends, but now, um, you know, more people through this silly little podcast and the, and the four people that listen, um, two of which are my parents. I already mentioned that. So, um, Thank you so much for having me on. It's the best podcast I've ever done. And I'm not just saying that. <laughs> Here I am flattered. If you're on YouTube, I'm blushing. Um, both of you over on YouTube. Um, okay. So, Let's let's wrap it off smiling because let's be honest, we both need a glass of wine at this point. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, ten in the morning. Um, where are some ways that we can that we can engage with you? Like, where are some things you're you've got some new stuff going on too? So, where are some ways that we can kind of get to know you better and and hear your voice and uh, and interact? Um, so, Instagram is probably what I'm on most, which is just at AllisonConklin.com or Allison Conklin. Ah. And link, then my, link in the show notes. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, and my website, of course, which is thealisoncongo.com. But I've been writing for Food You Love, which I love. Um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. That's a really cool thing. I uh, that that's kind of what I was talking about. I think it's really it's really neat, and it's actually showing the curation over there. It looks really good. You just have such Thank a you. you just have such a clean eye with the way things flow. It's funny you you mentioned earlier in the show that you feel like you don't really have a style, and yet I I 
100% promise I could pick out one of your images from a lineup <laughs> any given day. So, well, thanks. Uh, so, okay, guys. Well, hey, if you've made it, if you've made it 55 minutes into this podcast, um, y'all, thank you so much for for showing up. Thank you for investing your time and your energy into into this chat. Um, and uh, and I would encourage you to to learn to soak up something from this to to be kind to yourself to do some things with intentionality to create from a place of purpose um and to stop comparing yourself to other people that that feel like uh maybe they've they've figured out something that you haven't yet so i think allison is absolutely a just a testament to what um what intentionality looks like in an artist and uh, so allison i'm so grateful that you were on here with me it means a lot oh, thanks for asking me miles Yes. Another one soon. Okay. Gosh. All right. <laughs> what would we talk about? All right. <laughs>